Welcome to another episode of Tell Me More. My name is Luke Stair, and today Dr. Wiles and Katie Reed Hodges and myself have a conversation about stress, but also how our own formation into Christ-likeness relates to how we navigate and manage stress. I had fun with this conversation, and we hope that you enjoy listening to it. Okay, welcome to Tell Me More. I'm here with the full team. Luke, We're here. Luke Stair, Dr. Dennis R. Wiles, sporting a Baylor polo. You never know. Yay! Luke! I just thought since I didn't I'm know here, you had it in you. I would do a big cheer for myself. Yes, yeah. And that's the kind of energy we have on this Monday morning. <laughs> I'm not waiting for y'all to cheer me on. I'm going to do it myself. Um, we are coming off the heels of Mother's Day yesterday. Mm. Thank you. My first Mother's Day. Um, and we, yep, triplets did it all. My mom was here, so I got to celebrate her. It's good. Appreciate all the mom. Right? Yeah, we got to see everybody. Well, you know, we have some good moms in our life, and we're very grateful. Mm. It's a good year to have good moms. So I told him yesterday, because we need them. We still need them, and, we, and they came through. So That's great. Grateful. My mom doesn't know this podcast exists. Ryan, mom doesn't know this podcast exists. <laughs> but if they did, I'll make them listen to it. But we we have had the best support from our moms this year. So great, grateful for that. Today, did you? Parents, I just, oh, you know, it's so sweet. How much you love them and respect them. And yeah. I love really that. Well, I try to do that when the college students' parents would always come. I would always brag on their kid about how often they came to church yeah. <laughs> and how invested they were what and what a great, you know. You were. Right. Yeah. I would always pretend like I knew the kid better because sometimes <laughs> I met him once or whatever. <laughs> and I'd be like, Joshua, he's the best. He's awesome. I'm so glad. Yeah. <laughs> you mm. have, you must be so proud. You have raised a great son. And I'd mm. be like, what, what's your last name? Well, that's anyway. exactly what I said to your yeah, parents. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's very but nice. But I meant it. So. Well, I do have good parents. I'm lucky. You do. I'm lucky. You really so. do. Well, okay. Speaking of, you're preaching on the family. Wow. Yes. And a very practical sermon. So I said it that was. last week. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. Le- yesterday, you used a, a chapter of Philippians, mm-hmm. which we've all heard, but so good to mm-hmm. kind of put in this context. Mm-hmm. And you talked about stress, mm-hmm. anxiety. On Mother's Day. We, I get it. <laughs> and the clip, the clip, if you've seen the sermon, the clip you used from Blackish was... Excellent. Spot on. In fact, <laughs> I heard people, I maybe some some moms have walked by you and said, uh, we need to go lis- listen to that again. <laughs> That's right. Or excellent Absolutely. clip. Yes. Or my husband needs to watch that. Yes. That's what I said. And I said Shout that out to the communication team we have here for finding that clip. Right. I know we joke about Kyle, but Kyle and his team. Oh, my goodness. Not only can they do it, but they do it with the right spirit. They do. They really do. Mm-hmm. That's a good combo. Mm-hmm. Hold on to that. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Wiles, one of the most pressing questions we've had from yesterday is if you would tell us more about this. This is the reason incident. the podcast exists. <laughs> well, you know, um, yeah, the, the famous mac and cheese incident in our house. We, uh, when our kids were younger, um, Cindy, I, in our family, I'll just say this. Historically, almost every Sunday, Cindy cooks lunch and we have lunch at home. We've been doing that. Almost our entire, not not really our entire married life, because when we were early in the pastorate, you know, we were. We you didn't were, have a kitchen. Right. We were driving up on the weekends to Oklahoma. But once we had a home, um, it's just it's what we do. And and when we moved here, we had a group of uh, 
young adults, it was kind of our family, which we're going to talk about Sunday, mm-hmm. that knew that you come to our house. Teaser. And you well, could eat trailer. lunch. And um, and so because just pretty much cooked a lot of food, whoever shows up eats is kind mm-hmm. of how it's worked. But anyway, so one year when we were in Alabama, I was pastoring there. Kids were little. I got convicted about it because Cindy just does not want to go out to eat on Mother's Day. She would that you, when you ask her, "What would you like for Mother's Day?" To mm-hmm. not go out and eat, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. We've done it a couple of times, but it's just not. It she does house. not like it, and it's crowded. Yeah. yeah, you know. She wants to be at home with her family, right? Incidentally, I read an article this week that the servers at restaurants say it's the worst day to work in a restaurant in America. Mother's Day, mm-hmm. just the 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 people who come to the restaurants are very demanding, and their um, mm. their expectations are way too high, and so that some servers actually take that day off on purpose, <clears throat> even mm. though they get paid extra, don't go that day. It's not worth just, it. It's just not worth it. it. Mm. But anyway, um, so, you know, stay home. So one year I got convicted about it because Cindy, oh, I'm not a, I'm not a cook historically. I'm just not. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to cook. I'm going to cook everything. Now I've always grilled steak and that kind of stuff on the grill. I've done that forever, but I'm talking mm-hmm. about I actually cook the whole meal. So mm-hmm. I said, I'm doing it. That's kind, of a, like, that's kind of a Hodges arrang- arrangement. Yeah. Brian can do the grill, but the sides are still. Yeah, that's kind of how we you know. Yeah. So that year I just decided I'm doing it all. And uh, and so, you know, I got home, rushed home from church. And Cindy, I put Cindy out <clears> in the backyard. <throat> I just said, you just go out, mm-hmm. just chill. We got it. All is good. Well, I started adding the macaroni to, you know, started. I knew I was supposed to boil water, I thought. This is what I thought mm-hmm. I was. I don't know how to make mm-hmm. macaroni cheese. Cindy so, makes homemade macaroni cheese. We oh. don't make it like out of a craft, but we make it with mm, pet that's, milk. See, that's where you went wrong because yeah, it was, yeah. if it was, you know, I know, trust me. If it was the blue box, they would have measured it a for you. A lot of things went wrong that day. <laughs> <laughs> and so I kept, I'd put a little bit of macaroni in and I would think, you know, that is just not not for a family. You know, I put a little more in. Then I changed pots because I thought, you know what, this thing here, I need another pot. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, we had this container, that, like the little plastic bag of macaroni, you know, that you get. So I just, I just put it all in there. And then I added a little extra. And then I turned it on. I knew I was supposed to get it really hot, so I did. I turned it on. I didn't put enough water in it. And so I was outside on the grill. And I had other things going in the kitchen. And uh, so I go back in the kitchen. And it wasn't on fire. That is that that is that has become the the, oh, the growing. That is not the, what happened. The story. There was nothing the, on there fire. Was no fire. No, just the story be, has grown. Just because there's smoke it's like does a fishing, not always mean there's fire. It's like a fishing okay? story. That's right. So there's, it was smoking. It was smoking. Let's be clear about this. It was this. smoking. Okay. Yes, and um, but I don't think the smoke alarm went off. I can't remember. It may have, but we didn't have to call the fire department or anything. But well, that's it, two different. It, 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 it turned into a blackened. Thing, but not only that. What I didn't understand at the time, I hadn't I factored this in. Macaroni, evidently, you know, when you put it in water and you start to cook it, it 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 becomes bigger than what it appears to be. It does expand. It, it does. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, there must be yeah. some chemistry there. Yeah. And it had it Just had expanded pasta in general. Yeah, the right. starch molecules swell with oh, the water. Oh, there okay. and think this is why we have Luke right. in the studio. So it, it, it's the starch molecules. You're right. right. So we had macaroni pieces, you know, that charred. Um, on the you know on the floor and the, I mean in the it was one of those things where it's pretty much all hands on deck get the get it out of the house so I got it out on the front porch you know and the house smelled you know like charred macaroni meanwhile unbeknownst to me the steak on the grill is burning because oh, I'm, no. I'm pretty focused on keeping the house mm. you know from burning. burning down and uh, so mm. um, so we basically had to go out you know and eat that day and you know kind of kind of recover so we. And we left the macaroni on the front porch, and 
pull in the driveway, you can still smell it. And the kids are like, Dad, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. How so, old were they? Oh, gosh. Uh, little, huh? Yeah, they were little. I mean, I don't know. Hannah was Hannah was upper middle school. Josiah was elementary school. But, uh, but yeah, yesterday when I mentioned when I got home, they were like, okay, Dad. Praise the Lord. We don't have to do that anymore. So uh, <laughs> we didn't have macaroni yesterday. So what anyway. did Josiah make? You said he's a cook. Well, Josiah likes to buy premium cut meat. Ooh. So he bought all kinds of ribeye fillets and all that. So I had the grill prepared. I have a green egg. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of our church members actually gave me the green egg for my 20th anniversary here at our church. Wow. And I love the green egg, by the way. Oh, my goodness. So like, so, you know, 12, 12 and a half years will be my 20th. Yeah. Let's just. What do you think? I'm just, putting, okay? I'm just Start thinking about, about it, people. Egg. I'm just putting the fleece out. <laughs> yeah, you know. well, they're awesome. Just give me so, a little bit longer. But Josiah made, he had all kind of vegetables. I did put potatoes in the oven, and I, <gasps> I figured I got the manual out. No, you the did The night not. before, I did. Got Your the manual oven's out. manual? The oven's manual to figure out how do you turn on an oven when you're not home. Oh. Set the timer. Nice. And, and, and so I did. I actually set the timer for the baked potato. Now that's, Josiah. see, I thought it was like the manual on how to bake a potato. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, how to turn the no, oven that, on. Yeah, I, had, I, had that, I had that ready. Yeah. And um, Cindy has trained me even how to wrap the the foil where you don't roll it so that when you undo it, you have to unroll the whole thing. She's taught me how to take the foil, put the potato in the middle, fold them to the top, fold that down. So all you got to do is unfold the middle wow. and the potato falls. So wow. I've learned. Now that's okay? another podcast. Absolutely. That is an- so, yeah. Cindy's, anyway, Cindy's Josiah, kitchen tips. Yeah, made all kind of salads and all that. So basically the ladies in our home, the moms in our home yeah. yesterday, oh. sat down to a meal. They ate. We did everything. We cooked everything. We did all the dishes. We did all the cleanup. Well done, y'all. Um, Terrific. They, they played games. They relaxed, played with the children if they wanted to. We played with the kids. We had a great day. That's great. And no macaroni, no fires, no smoke alarms, and no burned meat. So, Ta-da. But, Teamwork. But Love it. But here's the problem that <clears throat> this particular Mother's Day will not go down in history in the Wiles family because it was awesome. But the one, the infamous <laughs> one that gets brought up every year yeah. <laughs> will, will yeah. remain in the record book. Well, Isn't let the record that show <laughs> that yesterday was a fantastic Mother's Day Absolutely. at the Wiles house. Yes. Pretty much stress-free. So there you go. Speaking stress-free. of stress. Yeah. They must have listened to your sermon. <laughs> How about that? I have a couple of questions mm-hmm. before doing Tell Me More. Yeah. So, okay, all of your illustrations were excellent. My, my family commented on that. So I don't mean to skip over those, but, right. you know. They proved the point. Yeah. Ed Greer. Mm. Yeah. Ed Greer Day, just leaving town. I know. You mixed know, with the volcano. The volcano spewing gold. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I like how you brought that in at the end, you oh, know. Yeah. So you're a good preacher. Mm, well. Let's just set that you know, right there. It's it, a gift, don't you think? You're a, gift, you're a gifted. I, I believe it is. Yeah, oh, I, and I believe that. Yeah. yeah. Not mm-hmm. just because the Bible says it, but yeah. preaching is a gift. It is. And you have it. So. Mm-hmm. Luke, I think you have it too. Oh, yeah. thank you. I think you're a good teacher. Anyway, this isn't affirmation hour, but it could be. Um, one of the things that I, <laughs> I we, we can don't switch. Mind it. It's good. Oh well, Kinda then like it. put a pin in it. No. Tell us more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, I do. I work with great people, but let's talk about sermon. Likewise. So one thing that kind of caught my eye or ear, I don't mean to skip through, but when you talk about gentleness in the face of chaos, mm-hmm. I think that that had so much that you could have expanded on. Mm-hmm. And I think you you did a nice job with it, but to me it like hinted at because you said something about you really need to cultivate this. Mm-hmm. You need to cultivate gentleness. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit more mm-hmm. about cultivating gentleness in our lives? Mm-hmm. I have some thoughts. I bet Luke does. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you but, both do. Yeah. Well, I, 
And thank you. I, I think that gentleness to me is something, as I said yesterday, it's hard to cultivate it in the moment when we're so stressed because that's when you need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that should be a reality. Mm-hmm. And so I would say a couple of things, at least for me, as I've done it through the years. One is, is, is through prayer and Bible study. I mean, sure enough, I know mm-hmm. that sounds elementary, okay. but no. but to just look at what the Scripture has to say about it and to look at models of people who, who I believe God used to temper situations. Um, Samuel is, is a good example to me. I think Samuel had that mm-hmm. gift of gentleness. Sam, gentleness. Samuel lived at such a transitional time in Israel's history, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got to manage Saul and David. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he had kind of a tempering presence everywhere he went. Mm-hmm. And I really like that about Samuel. He's always been one of my favorite leaders in the Bible. Um, and so. That's just I, a pretty good name. It is a good name, don't you think? Just in general? <laughs> it's one of the best. <laughs> it's, a, so, it's a sweet name. Um, I, I always appreciate looking for models. And then in my own life, I have actually looked for people that I felt like exhibited that. And I've actually even talked to some of them to ask them. So tell me a little bit about this in your life and why this is a reality. And then for me personally, it's something I've just prayed for, asked God for, and I've actually used the spiritual discipline of fasting to help develop it in my life. Mm. When I felt like that my response to stress or anxiety has not been as um, pleasing to me as it should be. Um, um, I've never been someone who goes on like a 40-day fast, something like that. My, my brother has done that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm more of a two or three day fast mm-hmm. for a particular reason. And so I've used fasts to help me to learn how to say no to things. That, that's what I usually use the fast for and to just get a heightened awareness of God's wisdom. Sometimes mm-hmm. I've done that. But more often than not, it's been to address a behavior in my life. So I've learned that if I can take time intentionally and deny my body something, in other words, I can say no to myself. Mm-hmm. It builds to me the muscle of saying no. <laughs> And so mm. um, that's helped me cultivate a spirit of gentleness in my own life um, where I, when I realize that I'm, I'm wanting to overreact sometimes to things when I see that happening in my life. So, you know, I think conversation, spiritual formation, spiritual discipline has helped me. And I've usually tried to do that in less stressful times in my life. Now, I have fasted during stressful times in my life when I've been trying to make a decision or something's really important. I'm trying to sense God's wisdom. That's a whole different thing to me. Mm-hmm. I think Both fasting important. works there. Yeah. But to me, the discipline of fasting has more to do with teaching myself uh, how to develop new skills or deepen a skill that I think I need in my spiritual life. If that makes sense. Yeah, so, does. But I'd love to hear y'all's thought about it. <clears throat> well, I thought about spiritual disciplines. When you talk about cultivating something, in, in your a spiritual character within yourself, I just think it's very countercultural mm-hmm. because we're in a quick drive-through society. Absolutely. So the idea that you don't just get, you don't get to, uh, uh, let me say this, and I might not even agree, but you don't get to just become a Christian and then be awesome at everything. Mm-hmm. No. You, you don't get to just be gentle. But sometimes that's where I'm, I can contradict myself because God gives us things we don't deserve that's in the right. moment. But Absolutely. in general, to be a mature Christian, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily get to just give your life to Jesus and then— that's right have all these attributes. It's all a, of a it's, sudden, the perfect character of Christ is not something you possess. <laughs> no, that's there it is. And so uh, it's all grace. It's all gift. But we spend our lifetime mm-hmm. cultivating mm-hmm. these character qualities of Jesus that we want so badly. Mm-hmm. But it takes fasting and prayer and all these spiritual disciplines 
which is why I gave kind of a nod to Luke, because I know, Luke, you've studied, mm-hmm. you have a missiological background, but you also have a spiritual disciplines background. Mm. Yeah. And your time right before here at Friends University, which yeah. is like the spiritual disciplines mecca <laughs> in our kind yes. of moderate Did world. You say Richard Foster? Yeah. So I don't know. I Dallas just, Willard. And I'm not, te- Willard. I'm not teeing you up unless you want to be teed up to talk about it. But I, I think when no, I one hear. Of my, one of my favorite cultivated. trivia points is I have taught from the same stage as Richard Foster and Dallas Willard. There you go. And and I'm sure both of them have said that about you. Mm-hmm. Yes. I yeah. guarantee they you. They definitely. Well, Dallas Willard's not talking anymore, right? Just to Jesus. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one of Dallas Willard's famous quotes is, and this is something I think about a lot, is that grace is opposed to earning, not to effort. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Man, what a great word that is. We can't, yeah, we can't earn grace. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, right. it is this free gift. But there is this sense, I think sometimes— the way we've talked about conversion and then life after conversion, we've said, great, you became a Christian. Thumbs up. That's it. Mm-hmm. And we, we may not have officially said that, but we mm-hmm. let people live that way. We have ourselves lived that way. But what Dallas Willard is getting at with that grace is opposed to earning, not to effort. It, and he also says later on, it's those people who strive the most towards their life in Christ who end up consuming the most grace. Mm-hmm. Um and live this kind of grace-fueled life. And it's because there is a role we have to play in growing into Christ-like mm-hmm. character. That's what spiritual formation is all about. He would say we're all being spiritually formed at every moment. The question is, what are you being spiritually formed into? Yeah, toward. And so that Don't could you be— love him? Oh, man, I do. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. just give it a minute. And a good Think Baptist. All that. Yeah. And uh, you know what's funny oh is— God. We had, there's a few we can be proud of. Um, <laughs> no, there's a long line. Yeah, I love all those stories about Willard, you know, just how he just, just how he just lived this so fully in his life, you know, and um, I was always drawn to him. He's hard, you know, to me when you're reading it. You have to. He is dense. Yeah, you can't, you can't just read Dallas Willard and walk away, Mm-mm. you know. I mean, he's not, he's not devotional like. Philip Yancey. No disrespect to those guys or Yancey or something No, he was like a that. philosophy professor yeah. at USC. So he's he's just deep and rich. Mm-hmm. And uh, would to God every philosophy department in America had had a Dallas had, Willard. Uh, well, I think— I think Sorry, we got a field there. Oh, my God. We stay did. a field. That's, I, could go, I could keep going a field. <laughs> yeah, we and we might. So let me just put a little— uh, <laughs> My other fun, Dallas, fun fact about Dallas Willard is we actually grew up— not too far from each other. So I grew up in Bolivar, Missouri, which no one's ever heard of. Mm-hmm. He grew up in Buffalo, Missouri, which is even smaller. <laughs> also no one It's 18 of. miles down the road. So we actually grew up in the same part of the country, man. right down the road from each other. Fascinating. Something uh, in the water. Not at the same time. <laughs> Dallas Bullard has gone on to glory. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he could be your grandpa. But my yes. renovation of the heart. Right? Yeah. And if you're looking to is, I read think, something. Yeah. Here's, uh, let's do a resource plug because yeah. we're talking about people that I would love our people to get to know uh-huh. if they don't. So. If I was going to recommend my top, like, three spiritual formation books, it would be Renovation of the Heart by Dallas Willard. Mm-hmm. I would also point to Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzaro. Mm-hmm. Really good. And then uh, Spirit of the Disciplines by Richard Foster. That's Celebration right. of Discipline. Celebration. Willard wrote Spirit of the Disciplines. Yeah. Foster Cele- wrote Celebration, Celebration of the Disciplines. Mm-hmm. Foster's a Quaker. Quakers are interesting people. Mm-hmm. That would be an even longer conversation That's that right. we don't have to have. And I would say as a little uh, Katie's. Let me add to those, not take away. Mm-hmm. But there's one by a, a woman named, I think it's Adele Calhoun. She wrote a spiritual disciplines handbook. So mm-hmm. if you just want, it's kind of like a page per spiritual discipline, but she gets into like 
it's not just fasting. Here's 20 different ways you could fast. Mm -hmm. You could fast from your technology. You could, you know, do a right. the, the typical Bible ones. or And so it, it goes over these large categories, these banner spiritual disciplines, but it's got like 120 of them. So if you just want to pull something off a shelf and it gives you a really practical how to do it, mm -hmm. and it has some steps. I think it's called Spiritual Disciplines Handbook, but it's Adele Calhoun. Yeah. And it's a good I'm, companion to yeah, those. It's I'm kind not, of different. Not ever, I've never heard of it. You know, yeah, have to look that when one I was doing college ministry, now we're really a field. We've gone yeah. through a field and into the next it's field. okay. But when I was college minister and COVID hit and we couldn't do large group gatherings, I had our students do small group gatherings with an adult leader of more, no more than six. And they met in backyards throughout the summer. And they went through spiritual disciplines. And I wrote the curriculum. Um, because I wanted to be really accessible. And so mm -hmm. we did eight or 10 different spiritual disciplines. But I think it was Joyce Ashcraft, who was a leader in my department at the time. And she said, you need to check out this book. And she Amazon did it to me. And it's it's just, I don't know where she got it from, mm -hmm. but that's how I found that's out about right. it. So I'd read Willard and Foster and whomever else and kind of distill it into a one pager. But mm -hmm. then, man, that Adele Calhoun book was mm -hmm. so helpful to just that's give right. instruction, what mm -hmm. to do with it. Mm -hmm. And it was really good. So... Well, maybe if this helps bring us back. Yeah, let's hop the fence back into one may field. seem like a, a leap from how you live a life. Exactly. But I think we've had this conversation no, before that not. you can't no. impact your soul directly. I mean, I can't just will my soul into the character of Christ likeness. The only way I can impact my soul is through my body. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've talked about you read scripture by using your eyeballs That's or right. if you listen to the it brain. through your ears mm -hmm. and your brain. Fasting is a way you impact your, if you're fasting from food, through your stomach and learning to live with your appetites and be in control of them as the, mm -hmm. opposed to them controlling you. Correct. Mm -hmm. All of these disciplines are bodily yeah. first and foremost, but that's how we end up changing and shaping ourselves. That's right. And they make space. Someone, one of those guys said that, that they really, they aren't the thing. They make room that's for right. the thing, which that's is right. God to work in our lives. You got it. Right. They elbow out the competitors, mm -hmm. you know. And if you think about it, gentleness is a bodily expression. <laughs> hmm. That's mm -hmm. how you handle yourself, I mean, The isn't absence it? of gentleness is usually manifested physically, emotionally, obviously. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, I think it is a discipline. In a, <clears throat> and I love how when Paul says in that text, let your gentleness be evident to all. And it's, a, it's actually a command. It's, it's mm -hmm. an admonition from Paul. Mm -hmm. You know, you're commanded to rejoice, and then you're commanded to be gentle, basically. Then, then, well, then you're commanded to rejoice again. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then— In the yeah. Lord. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In well, and that's what—so in the Lord part, I think, because this series you're preaching is—it can look a little bit to the—if you're not paying attention, to, like, self-help. Yeah. Like, oh, if you need—ladies and gentlemen, right. if you need to handle your stress better, right. just listen to my talk, and you'll be better. And right. what I think where, where you hear something like— you need to cultivate gentleness, mm -hmm. the layer behind that, that we understand. I mean, mm -hmm. I, if you listen to sermon, you're not thinking mm -hmm. it's self-help. But I want to make sure our people know mm -hmm. none of this that you're talking about is self-help. Mm -hmm. Anger last week, mm -hmm. gentle or uh, anxiety this week, mm -hmm. it's, it's not self-help. It's how you enter into this life with God mm -hmm. that helps you become who you want to be, which mm -hmm. is more Christ-like right. in your relationships. And so I think that's why when, when you said cultivate gentleness, you talked a little bit about that, I thought. I want to talk more about that because that to me is the key to the whole thing. And you talked about it over and over about even right. even before that. I don't remember what I mean. Well, I, I, think, open it, but. I guess what where I connected in my mind, as I said Sunday morning, I believe everything in your life as a Christian connected. is somehow connected to your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And so gentleness is, yeah. you know, managing anger, dealing with anxiety. And, and I realize and I hope I don't I don't think I 
dismiss this Sunday morning. I didn't, if I did, I didn't mean to. There are some times where there are chemical things that do contribute to anxiety mm. that need to be That's addressed. That's worth saying. It's yeah. All, all good. I'm mm-hmm. I'm completely in favor of that. That's not an issue to me at all. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm talking more about when we're just managing life on the day to day, you know, and the things that create such high anxiety and, and it escalates and then it deteriorates into fracturing families on a weekly basis, you know, mm-hmm. that's really what I want us to think about Sunday morning. And yeah. I think gentleness plays such a great role in helping to de-escalate. you know, um, <clears throat> I would even tell you, I've talked to several police officers, you know, once we got into the world we're in now is, you know, it, it's kind of interesting to me because I pastored a long time without ever having a police officer on my campus at my church, mm-hmm. you know, never even thought about it <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to tell you the world we live in today. But we've had incidents here at our church where there has you know, been someone who maybe needed to be reined in just a little bit for whatever reason. Mostly it's happened outside with someone, maybe a protester, or there's just been a, just a handful of things over 22 years. So, mm-hmm. But what I've loved about it is so far our police officers that have helped intervene have helped to de-escalate, and I've actually talked to them about that. And they've said to me, well, that's part of our training. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to de-escalate pretty much every situation we encounter. Well, it's, it has a little bit of firmness to it, but there's a gentleness in the way it's done. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what I think in our families, finding that way to, I don't know if you can call it having firm gentleness, but. <laughs> no, it makes sense. You know, somehow addressing something, mm-hmm. but doing it in a gentle way. Yeah. I, yeah uh, gentleness is not. Um, Weakness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not being overrun. Really. I'll, yeah. be, I'll be vulnerable about my own parenting. There are times I am not gentle it. and I, you know, I raise my voice and there are times I've yelled. That never has improved. The, there are times I think yelling at your children is appropriate. Cars mm-hmm. coming in the street, yeah, your child's running yeah. in the street. Yeah, sure. Yell at your child if a car's come. <laughs> right. By all means. Right. <laughs> um, there's time and a place. Yeah. Um, but in the day to day, just with managing behavior, managing children. My yelling, my raising my voice, that never yeah. improves that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Might make you feel better. But then it doesn't. Yeah, eventually. You know? Um, yeah, I saw this thing the other day on one of the, you know that, there's that restaurant that has all that somewhere, I don't know where it is, but has all these signs out front that they make, you yes, know what I'm talking about? I do. And one of them I saw a while back said, never in the history of calm down has screaming calm down calmed anyone down. Right. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, and so, nope. you know, yeah. me adding big yes, feelings yes. to a situation of preschoolers with big feelings yeah. turns out just doesn't. Yeah, yeah, gentleness is a good thing in your pocket. No, I mean, truthfully, when, when I am yeah. self-controlled, I think gentleness and self-control go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. When and I'm, they're spiritual. They are spiritual. They when really I'm are. a self-controlled, gentle parent— Gentle parenting is movement right now. I don't know if you've heard much about it. It's all over social media. Mm-mm. I don't I know how know. much. I, nope. Your reels, your algorithm will catch up to you, Katie, one day. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> haven't seen it yet. <laughs> and watch. When I go to lunch, it'll show It'll be there now. I'll show a lot of golf swings. <laughs> yeah. how that works. Well, I, I messaged uh, Huggies, Loves, Pampers, Infamil, and Similac last night. <laughs> wanting some discounts. So I, I bet my algorithm will get. <laughs> it'll catch up to yeah. you. At 4.11 this morning, yeah. I thought. I wonder if there's a discount out there. Anyway, there's my Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there's something too. I can gently but firmly maintain a boundary with my children. Mm-hmm. And it's, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Now is not the time for that. And yes, they're going to keep asking, but right. I can mm-hmm. keep maintaining the boundary. And you know, it's interesting in light of Mother's Day, 
I think back in my own life growing up, my mother was that in our family, in my opinion. My mother was the firm, gentle voice. She just had a certain, I don't know, a certain gentleness about her, but but she was firm in it. If if you knew that if my mother when she reached that point of, okay, this is enough, well, it really was enough. And she had a way of just gently sharing that. My mm. father was a little sterner, you mm. know, really just in all honesty. And we loved him. He's a great man. But daddy was a little different, you know. Daddy was one of those quick discipliners and quick fellowship. I mean, he could spank you and then hug you. You know, mm. you're like, you're just, you're just kind of you're, reeling. Yeah, it was a lot of dissonance, you know. Yeah. Um, mm. My mom was just a little different. But, uh, mm. but I think back on her, she had that gentle thing and and so i i want to have that in my family um because i know families my goodness families have all kind of personalities and we address all kind of stress we all have to but sunday morning i, w- I was hoping sunday morning was an encouraging word you know to you that you can do this you know you can do it and there's going to have to be stress i mean i'm you know when i'm I, years ago when i read that uh, uh i've had this for a long time in my preaching pocket, I guess, the biosphere too, just that failed experiment, you know, yeah, and how the wind, the, yeah, they didn't have wind. And so the trees are falling over and it took them a while to figure it out, but they finally figured out they had not simulated that. And, and what's fascinating is you can go tour the biosphere today. Um, hmm. I think the university of Arizona, maybe, or I don't remember if it's Arizona state, one of them just took the whole thing over because huh. it was privately funded. And now for like 20 bucks, you can go tour this three and a half acre thing you know, that people tried we, to live in. We were just out there on our baby moon last year. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I well, didn't see true. the bus. You were. Yeah, it was we interesting. I was, it. In fact, I went back and read about it a little bit, you know, because it just came to my mind that, um, you know, that thing, there were a lot of reasons it failed. But the fact that the tree started falling over just really kind of stumped them, you mm-hmm. know. And then they thought, you know what, trees have to have stress. Well, families, stress can be helpful. It can it can build some things in your life. It can teach coping skills to your children. Uh, there are a lot of things that I think can be helpful. And plus, mm-hmm. I just think it's God using something that he knows is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, he knows our families are going to go through it because we're just living life. And yeah. particularly right now, I guess, I, I look at our families today. My goodness, I, I think it's always been challenging to live as a Christian in pretty much every culture. And I tried to point that out Sunday morning because right now I've got some people saying to me, you know, my goodness, the politics in America is what are we going to do? Mm. Well, I did yeah. want to point that out Sunday I morning. Liked it. Paul was living with Nero in charge. Yeah. I mean, if you think, it was bad. It, just, it is helpful to think, and not yeah. not to minimize no, what, what people feel. Of course. You, you never do that. But right. if you think this is the only time Christians have <laughs> right. felt like Human fish out of water. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the Christian history and the Israelite yeah. history. And, yes. Yeah. We're, we're imagine? Yeah, Christianity yeah. is born out of yeah, this and flourishes right. Absolutely. in this. So I was reading my daily okay. Bible reading this morning, early this morning, Philippians 1, which, you know, I asked the church to read. And, you know, when Paul says, um, in my chain, you know, these chains are real. But when I think about you and pray for you, I always do it with joy. Yeah. And then he says, you know, now here I am in chains, but the whole palace guard knows why I'm here. That, that there's, It's not a secret. Everybody knows this is why I'm here. And then he goes on to say, but you know, I could die. <laughs> you know, basically what he says in the opening, I, I could die. And, but, and if I die, you know, then to be with the Lord would be gain. But, but I don't want to because I feel like y'all still need me. And, and if I live, well, then, and I get out of here, it's even a further testimony to the power of the gospel. And I was yeah. sitting there thinking, how much confidence did he have in Nero to, <laughs> to give an accurate, fair judgment mm. 
over a man who's defending the resurrection, basically, is why mm-hmm. he's in jail, you know. And um, and I thought, well, man, come on, Paul, because Paul gets criticized by so many people. And I, I'm listening to the heart of this guy, which I think Philippians, to me, may be the most heartfelt letter from Paul, I believe. Mm. And I think that's why it is so I think endearing, that's fair. you know. And so mm. I was asking myself this morning, okay, when I'm in uncertain situations, how, how am I responding? And is this a part of my life, this sense of joy and connectedness to God and seeing me as a part of a much bigger drama than just what I'm participating, at least view myself in? Mm-hmm. And, and I think our families need to be viewed that way because God cares about these families. He cares about your family. And, man, every, I mean, next week I'm going to be talking about friends and how friends become a part of our families. Mm, and It's good. You know, but managing stress on the everyday, my goodness, it's, it's challenging. And I, I look at some of our families right now, and I know, working various jobs and, you know, the demands and particularly you come to the end of the school year and there's so many things for the kids to do if you have children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I get it. And then we have other families that are, you know, in very different situations dealing with physical crises. You mm-hmm. know, I've talked to several families this last week that have gotten bad news mm-hmm. and it's just created a level of anxiety, a level of uncertainty, a level of stress in the home. Mm-hmm. And um, all that was on my mind Sunday morning, you know, because I'm thinking about, um, my mom's role in our family, she was that stress absorber. For some reason, my mom would be able to, okay, here's what we're going to do tonight. <laughs> you know, it mm-hmm. was like whatever was going on, she just had that way of, of just somehow bringing us all back to center. And, and, and you had this feeling that, well, okay, it's going to be okay. You know, mom, mom's got it. And so not that I want to put even more pressures on moms, but I just think they have a certain... Just like we talked about dads, dads have a certain way of doing things. Well, moms do. Moms have a certain way of affecting a family that mm-hmm. I think can be incredibly powerful. And uh, and I think that's why, you know, when my dad died, I was sad. My dad and I were close. My, my parents lived with us for almost 20 years. So, you know, we we're close to my dad. Um, But I was so thoughtful about my mom who was still alive, mm-hmm. you know, thinking, okay, we got to gotta figure this out. So I feel like I, my, my attention shifted pretty quickly. But y'all, when my mom died, dude, mm-hmm. I, I, I was so sad. My mom was like 90, what was she, 97 years old or whatever. So think about that. I had my mom, and she went to sleep and died. She went to sleep one night, woke up in heaven mm-hmm. the next morning. That literally is what happened to my mother, mm-hmm. which is what she told us she wanted, you know. And I mm-hmm. can't tell how many times I would say, Mother, you know, we don't really, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to you. She said, Well, what I'm going to do one night is I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to wake up the next morning in heaven. I'm going to be with your dad. And I'll be like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's what happened. Y'all, when, when she died, oh, my goodness, I was so sad, you know. And I think it was just because it's my mom. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and there's just a touch that my mom had that no other person on planet Earth has with me. Mm-hmm. And much as I love Cindy and children, and, but my mom, just, I don't know, there's just something about it. So I had that on my mind, too, Sunday morning, thinking about my mom and just the role she played. I grateful I am for her, but also knowing there were others in the room doing it, going through it for the first time. Some of them not having very pleasant relationships with their mom. I mm-hmm. mean, Mother's Day can create yeah. so much emotion, you know, the idea Absolutely. of being, you know, infertility, not being able to have children. I mean, yeah. so I kind of, I don't want to say I shied away from all that Sunday morning. It was all in my mind and my heart what I prayed for that morning, but I wanted us to focus a little more on something that I feel like <clears> we're <throat> all dealing with, whether you're a mom or not, yep. you know, so. I think that's a wise way to go. Kind of the, that that's good. where we went Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so, and um, and it was and it was a sweet day. I would say the I'm always humbled when we're 
at our church on, on that day. And all these little families are standing up there in front of us. And you see all these little children and you think about what a, what a, what a gift to be in a church uh, and to see these young families here and to feel the responsibility of coming alongside them mm-hmm. with their children. It was, yes. it was a pretty powerful Sunday morning. It's a good crew, too. I mean, I'm not, obviously, we're it part of it. It was meaningful, obviously, that. Katie, to have you there with Ryan and your three. It was. For sure. For My us. My goodness. Well, this church is, I, I kind of joked, like, with Ryan, because the church is covenanting, you know, yesterday mm-hmm. to be the church we need. I, I'd have to reread the wording, mm-hmm. but to to journey with us on this journey. Right. And I was like, I hope I hope they step up. It's about dang time that they get because we have just oh, they made that call. They made that choice. That's who we are. That commitment to us. That's who we are. Long ago, mm-hmm. and have come mm-hmm. through for it. So Absolutely. it doesn't start at baby dedication. It's so this coming Sunday, renewed. The cool thing is, we're going to celebrate high school graduation, and so many, yeah. particularly of this particular graduating class, kids were actually dedicated in this church themselves. 18 years ago, mm-hmm. and now we're going to mm-hmm. honor we're going to honor their their graduation, this milestone, and it'll be an emotional day for a lot of us this coming Sunday as we look at some of these kids and think, man, I remember when you were right here with your mom and dad, you know. Now here I am, you're standing here with a cap and gown on, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so, wild. And the church yeah, walks through those that's seasons. Right. So yeah, the beautiful thing about being here for so long, you know, for me, yeah, to be able to see you, you're going to see family. some college grads that you dedicated. You may that's have already, right. but I, I mean. But 22 exactly, years, you're right. going to start hitting that. It's, so. a, it's crazy and, and awesome at the same time. Well, there it's is wonderful. there is truly a, a lot more that we could talk about. I know. But I, I sense that we might be running up against mm-hmm. um, a good a good stopping point. Yep. Well, I hope so, everybody did have a sweet, happy Mother's Day. Regardless, some of it, it, it even, even, I think even some of the pain and the emotion that come with it is a part of us dealing with real life. Mm-hmm. You know, and hopefully somehow uh, the Lord was present with those who had mm. a challenging day that day and realized that um, it's a part of us marking things in our lives. You know, I will say this as we close. Yeah. One of the churches I pastored years ago did not want to do Mother's Day. So the staff came to me and they said, look, Mother's Day is a hallmark convention. It's not on the church's liturgy. And so we're not, we don't want to do it. And I said, so you're telling me you don't even want to acknowledge it. Don't want to acknowledge it. We think it's actually wrong to acknowledge it. We think it's given into the culture. So I gave in one year, y'all, to to that plea from the staff, and we just said nothing. We didn't we didn't mm-hmm. pray for mothers. We just just went on and acted like it was just a normal Sunday. Mm. One of my greatest regrets as a pastor, you know, because um, um, is that a ditch on the other side? Yes, you know, it's you can go to seed, obviously, but to ignore something that is so prevalent in the culture was just mm-hmm. a really, it was a poor decision. Mm. And I participated in it and repented and never did it again. So I, mm. I like how I think we do it. I think it's balanced, helpful, and it, it honors what's best about it. That's mm. what I so. The day may be invented by Hallmark, but motherhood was invented by God. <laughs> Maybe that's what we can <laughs> say. Whoa. And that's what Dallas Willard, no, no, no. no that's no. what Luke, Luke Stare always Stare. says. Yeah. Dallas Willard quotes Luke Stare Absolutely. in heaven Probably not. to Jesus. Amen. Probably not. Amen to that, Luke. It's like a Chuck Norris joke. <laughs> well, I will say thank you all. And as we go, if you listen to the sermon, this will make sense. May we spew gold. Mm-hmm. Mm. Amen. Amen and amen. See you all.
Thanks for listening to the Tell Me More podcast today. You can subscribe to this podcast on your app of choice, or you can visit us at fbca.org to find out more information about the podcast and our church. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. 